0: Rick James.
1: Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by Matt Wagner with Oxenus Partners Wealth Management. Matt and his team specialize in strategic investment and financial planning. With over 70 years of combined experience, they will help find the best solution that will fix your investment needs. Call Matt today, 812-725-8649. That's 812-725-8649. So, fellas, uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, Today we have uh, Mr. uh, Josh Hillman and uh, Toby Hatfield with us today. How are we doing, fellas?
0: Glad to be here in quarantine land while we're all fighting the wonderful coronavirus pandemic.
2: Yeah, doing well here as well. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you,
1: you mentioned mentioned the whole uh, pandemic thing. Uh, I saw a meme today that made me kind of laugh that uh, somebody should uh, do a song called Quarantine to uh, Bush's Glycerine. So I, I thought that was kind of funny. I was trying to figure out what the lyrics would sound like on a song like that.
2: That's goofy. Man. I got nothing,
0: man. <laughs> I'm not a not a Bush fan, so I couldn't tell you what that even is. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. You're at least old enough that you know who Bush is.
1: That's that's, that's the key thing here. Uh, if Jackoff right. was on the phone, he probably wouldn't even know who Bush was.
2: He's a little young. <laughs> How old is Matt? Right.
1: Uh, I think Matt's uh, in his late twenties. I don't want to say he's twenty eight or twenty nine.
2: So. so, what, you, uh, Josh, what are you drinking tonight? You, you mentioned something about uh, stepping it down a little or stepping it up a little bit or stepping it down.
0: Well, it, yeah, I told you guys that I started here at a post-quarantine work-from-home day with a little bit of the keg store-pick Knob Creek 120-proof truffle shuffle. Man, this stuff is good. So I started the night off with that. And then I said I backed it down a little bit to go to the Hancock's Reserve single barrel. And it's only an 88.9 proof. So backed it down a little bit. But man, they're both really smooth.
1: I'll tell you what, that Hancock's Reserve is just a solid pour, But it is such a low ABV. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it was shocking that that single barrel is, is so low that they, they water it down that much.
0: It is, but you know what? It's pretty good. I opened it the other night for the first time, so tonight I'm coming back to it for my first time after initial open, and just really smooth, got a nice flavor to it, Uh, not a whole lot of burn, as you would expect with a low proofer.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting around here with the OGD-114 the other night when we were uh, talking and had a few sips of this. It, it comes up and grabs you you don't even realize that after just sitting here for a few minutes that all of a sudden you're like wow that that really comes up and grabs you by your feet and just tries to knock you over
1: it, it's definitely at that 114 level it's definitely got to be an easy sipper you got to be careful so
2: i'd probably but put smooth, a block so. of
0: ice in it myself but you know you guys probably make fun of me for putting a block of ice in it too
1: Hey, hey, man, you, you enjoy bourbon how you like it. That, that's the one thing we, we've learned from this more than anything else, I think, is that uh, people need to, you know, take in their bourbon however they like it.
0: I do typically like a block of ice, but uh, actually I've been drinking this keg truffle shuffle pick here, just neat. And I tell you, it doesn't burn, it's smooth, and it's got some really good flavor to it. I don't know who's on the kegs pick for that team, but it was awesome.
1: I, you know, Todd, I think, has a pretty decent palate. I mean, it, it, Todd was one of the few guys that early on when he, you know, he bought the keg, I mean, he, he did a really great job of procuring really good beer, um, and uh, he's done a really good job now that the bourbon um, ad, I guess, has uh, hit full on. I mean, he's done a really good job with his picks. Um, I did the Jack Daniels one that he did. For uh, throw a chair, and, and it, for, I don't even typically like Jack Daniels. I bought it for total say, tater satisfaction. Um, that and I'm a huge uh, Indiana fan, um, but it, it's a really good pick.
0: Well, in that box you picked up today from my house, there is a sample of the Truffle Shuffle. So hopefully you'll try it out and mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah, Shoot, I so, might go crack. I, I might just go crack that here in a second.
2: I wanted to go ahead and mention to everybody. Um, this is this episode's a little bit different than we've normally recorded. Um, I'm here at my house, and Scott's at his house, and Josh is his house. So we, we're all recording from different locations, so the sound may be a little bit different for each individual person. And we're doing that obviously for the whole quarantine situation that we got going on here. Um, but fortunately, um, all three of us have enough um bourbon to get us through everything so I, I think i'm 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 probably the one with the least amount but at least we have some to get us through right
0: i'm all set up for the bourbon apocalypse and you know thankfully larry rice uh, led us into his stash this last weekend and oh my goodness what a stash he had i have no idea how he is able or was able to have that much bourbon Stocked up with the quality that he had.
1: Um, I, I think a big thing with, with with Larry is that he was smart. Like he, he's a really really smart drinker. He's a really good businessman, and he took he put a lot of focus into when he went to go do all these picks. He did multiple things. Like he was going by two or three barrels at a time. So I think that gave him a lot of leverage in that capacity. Um, the sad thing is is that he's using this to kind of Put himself in survival mode rather than being able to truly, truly thrive, um, which is uh, it, its kind of sad in in some aspects because the pearl is one of those hidden gems that you know if, if you're not part of the Louisville Bourbon Group, you don't know it and you don't realize that you can go there and get great pours at a great price all the time.
0: You absolutely can. So when I went, I was one of the lucky to be in—I want to say the top 25 Saturday. That got into the store to go and pick, and, you know, everybody was very sanitized and, you know, two or three people in the store at a time and sanitizing, wiping things down. I got up and I started talking with Larry. I got a Weller foolproof, my first ever. I got a bottle of the OWA 107 that Scott's now got in his possession. I got a Russell's. You guys know I love Russell's Reserve. I got a Kentucky spirit that Scott tells me is like crack. Uh, what else did I get? Oh, I got two of my favorite old Forester single barrels, picks one and two. And I picked up a 1792 full proof single barrel. Pretty good. You
2: picked up that bottle of Blantons for me though, right?
0: Oh, I did get a bottle of Blantons that you seem to think you've got claim on. <laughs> but it was a pretty good haul. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Old Forester Single Barrel, I don't know that I've been on the show since you guys uh, did the March Madness and eliminated my daily drinker, Old Forester Single Barrel. The Knopf seemed to knock it off the list because they're not all consistent. It's a little chapped about that, fellas
2: well we didn't knock it off the, the the people knocked it off the people voted and and they they're the ones who picked up um uh, which bourbons that they wanted to move on
0: now the no, I, I, let it into the 64.
2: yeah no it, it actually
1: <laughs> didn't make the 64 it was one of those ones that was um i guess left off for a specific reason and you know matt had his uh, thought process behind that and i guess uh he, he gave us enough leadway on some of the other single barrels so we, we we took advantage of that, and um, I, I do greatly apologize because I know that's one of your favorites.
0: It's all right. I, I have picked up a couple of extra single barrels since you guys started March Madness. Picked up one at Old Forester, or actually two: the Cherry Picker and the Honey Orchard. Both phenomenal. That damn yeah, I think Cherry that's what you Picker is fine. The other,
2: you, Yeah, that's we picked that up for you the other day, Scott. That's what you was having the other night, right? Yeah, that's
1: what I was drinking the other night. Was the Cherry Picker. Uh, matter matter fact, I just poured this truffle truffle so let me let me see what it's going to Oh man, the nose on that thing is sweet. Oh.
2: So uh you, you Josh, you didn't get to get on the episode the other day where we uh tried the um Oak and Eden. So I'm going to actually uh I may just go ahead and drop a bottle off uh with Scott or somebody or bring it to you just to take the entire uh, the rest of the bottle and get to try that and and maybe the next time uh, we do a, one of these, you can you can let us know what you think of that as well.
0: Yeah, if this quarantine thing lasts very long, we're gonna have to mail little sample bottles to each other so we can all, in distant locations, give our opinions.
2: Yeah, I know that we're we're working on the 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 pick from um, Spirits of French Lick, and I think they're gonna mail mail the sample bottles out. So I'm not exactly sure how we're going to get together to do that, but I would love to have uh, yours and Scott's and Matt's and everybody else's opinions on that to make sure that we pick out the best barrel possible. Scott, go ahead and
0: tell us what you think about the truffle shuffle. So so I've tried it. It's actually uh, really, really caramely. It's
1: got some really nice notes. It's a little sweeter than I would anticipate for a typical Knob Creek pick. But man, I'm gonna tell you what, and, and I know Toby loves this word, but it, it, the, the viscousness, or the viscosity <laughs> that, this, that this, this pour has is just really, really nice. I mean, it, it hangs just, to the Just glass. say your real
2: word. Just, just say the real word. Viscosity.
1: viscosity. I, you, you still not? <laughs> pro, you've never once produced any clip of me saying what you said that I said.
2: Okay. Viscosity. All you gotta do is go. All you got to go is listen to like episode two or three of this podcast.
1: I, I think Toby's full of <laughs> <laughs> but th- but this is a solid bore. I will say uh, they they did an excellent job on this. Not pretty big.
0: I agree. I, I I don't know who is on the picking team, but they did a really good job. So when they released this one, they released another one and you had to go to each of their two different locations to get one. This one, I think, beats out the other one but both are very good so they had the
1: truffle shuffle
0: and it re- refresh my memory on the other one what was the other one called uh it was something about cotton and i think it was a play off of the movie dodgeball oh that's, that's right yeah that's right yeah Dodgeball. Uh, i probably
1: got yeah. it in here hold on a second
0: I'm walking into the no,
1: urban bunker. It's, it's something like you, you've got it right there, Cotton or something like that. Yeah, it's got the It's picture of uh, Jason Bateman and the other guy. They're talking about the dodgeball thing. So yeah. Yes. Yeah,
0: no. It says that's a bold move, Cotton. That's a bold move, Cotton. That's it, yeah. So,
1: so
2: what's that what's that double oak um pick that uh the local bourbon hounds have recently um with the it's got a lady's name on it i can't think of the name oh it right the, the, the sadie
1: hawkins bottles
2: yeah yeah did i was, know who sadie hawkins is
1: so well no I, I i guess um the old uh lore is the sadie hawkins dance where ladies pick so that's why it's called that it's it's it, the ladies picked it so it was craig's wife and a group of women went to uh woodford reserve and picked out that barrel so that's why they call it the sadie hawkins is because a sadie hawkins dance if you remember from like um 16 candles and some of those rom-coms from I, the 80s they they call i've it never seen any when of they get them the pick. okay well the girls when they get to invite the guys to the dance they were always called sadie's hawkins dance so uh that that's where that comes from toby
2: okay maybe i'm just not cultured enough
1: Obviously not, but that's okay. You know, we still love you. But uh, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of curious about that bottle. I did not buy one, um, and they were sold out. But Craig said that if people didn't start to go pick them up, they were going to open up a second wave. I can't decide if I want to go get one or not. I did get one from the LBC's uh, Honey Barrel, and I really enjoyed it. But I've always liked the Double Oak. So, uh, but the Double Double Oak this year, I will say, was phenomenal.
0: I, I got three bottles of it, and I polished off one really quickly. So I've got two I, left. So I picked up a bottle of the Honey Barrel, but I haven't opened it yet. I am looking forward to opening it. I felt like what we really needed to do, what would be really fun, would be for us to do like a keg, uh, keg night pick where we sample a mm-hmm. bunch of the keg single barrel picks or we do a LBC night pick where we open up and sample a bunch of the Louisville Bourbon Club picks and try them out because each of these groups seems to have a really different palette or a really different kind of selection that they use or criteria they use to pick their barrels and bottles. So I thought that'd be a really cool tasting night somewhere down the line when quarantine is over. Yeah.
2: How long do you think this stuff is going to last?
0: I mean, are are we talking about before
1: we're able to actually like visit people and talk and and do things like, like somewhat normal or are you talking about like life being back, completely to where it is where it was before i mean
2: to the point where we we can actually get back together and do tastings and and enjoy each other's company even though that scott nobody really likes you being around but for the most part everybody else gets along okay but um yeah. where we can just we get together do these podcasts have a tasting where we don't have to worry about it or, or uh, fret about it
0: i think you know, been, to 40 i've been drinking 120 proof bourbon each night just to make sure I'm sanitizing from the inside.
2: (laughs) There you go. So
0: from that perspective, the quarantine's not been bad. It's given me a reason to make sure I'm drinking the higher proof bourbons. But I think we're probably in this for a month or two. Yeah, I
2: was going to say 30 to
0: 45 days is what I was going to say.
2: See, and I'm kind of curious, and this gets off the topic of bourbon a little bit, but that's okay because sometimes it's good just to get to know each other. I work, I can work from home and do my job just as well as I do in the office. I mean, I I like the interaction with the people at work, but I don't need to be there. Scott works in a bank. Josh, you're, you're an engineer working in the engineering office or whatever. How in the world are you guys going to do your job from home? You know,
0: today was official day one of full quarantine from home for me. So yesterday I came home, got the desk all set up and got, made sure I had all the connections to the, the networks and whatnot. And then today I, I literally spent eight hours down in my, my room, about 12 feet away from my bourbon's bunker. Uh, and I'm down here and my cell phone battery at, uh, at about 4.30 was looking about 20%. And so it meant I spent a whole lot of time talking on the phone today. Not a whole lot of time on social media or anything, but a whole lot of time talking, texting back and forth with co-workers. And, uh, you know, it's going to be different. I think it's going to be uh, really a little difficult for the first week or so. And then I think there's going to be some really good things that come out of this um, for everybody as a whole. You know, we're learning to work differently. We're learning to work remotely learning to work in some places more efficiently Uh, i typically go to a whole lot of meetings uh in an average week i'd bet i go to 15 16 meetings Um, and they could just be meetings in the office or meetings remote at other sites and last week you know everything went to go to meeting or zoom or teams and this week it's a little more of that, a little more interaction via phone and email and email was blowing up today. So it's going to be a different kind of experience.
2: Yeah. That's the one thing you will notice is when you work from home, anytime I work from home, your emails tends to be a lot bigger because people don't walk all over to you and just ask you a question. They're going to send you an email. So you you're going to be spending a lot more time on email and, and sending them back and forth. But yeah. Um, So do you feel like you can do your job just as well from home than you would in the office? I'm just curious. I I honestly don't know.
0: I'm going to miss the, the interaction, you know, in person with people and there'll be some, you know, we're used to laying plans out and talking about construction and things that are going on, but we're going to adapt. I mean, we've, I've learned 10 different things today uh, on our office 365 program. And I was very happy to say that I was able to make my printer scanner actually scan today without an IT guy. So, you know, good things happen.
2: Yeah, a lot of those Office 365 products with Teams and everything else makes it a lot easier to communicate and, and and have that conversation. So, yeah, that should help out a lot. Scott, And, and that how's, says it, a lot for how's Josh. it been for you? Well,
1: it, well I was going to say, first, I'm going to piggyback off Josh. That does a lot for him because... Josh being even even a, a self proclaimed millennial, he is not a big tech guru. So uh,
2: the fact uh, that he on. got
1: stuff to work on his own is pretty cool.
0: Hold on here, I'm I'm not a self proclaimed millennial. I am a millennial by birth, and I'm an old soul by proclamation.
1: That is true. That is true. So, But uh, I, I think that's funny that you uh, you actually had to do some stuff on your own, and you, and you figured it out. So that, that goes to tell me that we at least know you're a super intelligent guy because you figured it out on your own, even though you, you hadn't really
0: had to worry about those type of things in the past. I had to use the old Google, and it worked. Hey, you know, you, Google's amazing, amazing
2: for those kind of things. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, as far as me, Toby, honestly um, – I, I could always work from home. I just don't do very well as far as not being in front of people or being with people. So I, I work better at, at work than I do at home, only because of the fact that my attention span um, is not very good at times. And I feel like if uh,
0: squirrel,
1: yeah, exactly. I, I, can, I can get lost in the weeds pretty easily on, on certain parts of my job. Um, that being said, right now, we are in such a trying time um, for small businesses, um, and our clients are really, really struggling. Well, a, a, a huge chunk of our clients are struggling. The other chunk are really thriving um, through this process, which is kind of weird when you think about it, but um, it's, it's really been interesting, I, I, I can say. But I've worked quite a few days at home by myself. And then um, I have uh, worked um, a couple of days in the office. So I can be just as thorough. The thing is, is it's kind of hard to meet with clients and uh, do the things that I typically do to make my job um, more customer-centric. We'll just put it that way.
2: Knowing you for as long as I have, it, you've always been a good salesman, and that's something that you – real skill set of yours – um probably how you can get all these people to talk talk them into buying you bottles at cost and stuff like that um but i don't honestly i don't know how you could be successful because you're you're you can talk to people over the phone but the personal interaction that you have is so much different and that's why you're a good salesman so i I hope you can pull it through um while you're having to work from home, but um, when you get back in the office, I know you, 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 we all know that that's where your uh, really strength lies.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. And, and the good thing is, too, is the bank at this point, we, we're we looking at, hey, we want to take really, really good care of the clients that we have, and we want to look strategically um, at who we're going to bring on as new clients during this time frame, just because of the fact that, you know, there's just so many unknowns um, with what's going to go on with the economy um, rates have jumped up then down and then really, really low down, and now they're starting to climb back up. So we're in, a, we're in an environment that we've not seen in, in quite some time where rates are literally fluctuating, you know, a quarter point or more, you know, from day to day. Um, and then, you know, Treasury and, and Prime and all those things are probably at pretty much all-time lows as, as far as I can remember as long as I've been doing this. Um, But yet we're still struggling in some capacity to uh, get a hold on, you know, the stock market and the other things that that affect pricing to us for some capacity.
0: You know what I'm going to miss the most while we're in quarantine of Corona land? Cracker Barrel. I love chicken, fried chicken and a country fried steak, a little bit of hash brown casserole mixed in there. I'm going to miss some Cracker Barrel and I can't wait for them to open back up. So I made some. You can still get it, it to go, though, can't you? Go ahead, Toby. Yeah.
2: I was just saying you can get it to go, can't you?
0: I could, but I'm in quarantine, man. The wife's got me on lockdown.
2: Well, you can get DoorDash.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then you're just introducing another person. I could be a bit of a germaphobe too. So that that's been my issue. My wife is way bigger of
1: a germaphobe than I am, um, and I'm trying to be respectable, respectful of that, but. It's, uh, it's been difficult in some capacity, and it, honestly, the worst part is she's actually more worried about me being a fat dude and, you know, having some at least pre-existing type issues that, you know, people that fight this um, virus will have to deal with more on a harsh level. You know, anybody that's obese or anybody that's a smoker. Big bo- that-
2: we like to say big-boned.
1: Yeah, I'm just fat. I mean, you remember the old uh, frame that Glenn had in the clipper back when we were kids? Use not fat, use fluffy. I'm fat.
0: (laughs) Now, I will say that the cook in me or the chef in me is coming out. I've had meatloaf, uh, and it was leftovers three days in a row now, but that was darn good meatloaf.
1: I was going to say, so so you've been cooking more and Mandy's been cooking less?
0: That's right. I, I love to cook. I mean, but you know, we live in such a rush society of, you know, you're worn out when you come home from being in five or six meetings in the day and not taking a break. And you don't want to come home and cook. But Sunday, I made a meatloaf. I hadn't made one in probably two years, and it was really good. Well, that's good. You can tell I like to eat.
2: We all. Like we, to eat. I think we all like to eat. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up before we end this, uh, this is going to be a much shorter episode than we typically have because we're just kind of seeing how this works out with this more of a remote uh, process. But um, Josh, you didn't get to, uh, you didn't put a whole lot of influence in the bracket itself because you weren't there the day when we went through the seating and everything and making sure we added certain, uh, certain uh, bourbons in the field. Um, I know we're, we're currently voting on the Elite Eight. Um, uh, I think the the Final Four gets released here in a couple days. Um, what has been your biggest reaction to the overall bracket itself, uh, other than not having certain ones in the field um, and then seeing how it actually turned out so far?
0: So I looked at the bracket, I think, a little differently than you guys. And you guys put a bunch of the – the unicorns, and I know you tried to separate the unicorns out from the at- achievable or attainable bottles, uh, obtainable bottles. But uh, I like to look at the daily drinkers, or what I consider the the ones that you can go pick up on a shelf, and the ones that I've got access to. A few of my favorites, you know, the Russell's Reserve, the Kentucky Spirit, the. Um, Old Forrester, 1910s or 1920s. Uh, I really thought that some of those have some great value to them. So when I was voting and I went and voted each round, I was picking what I like to drink on a daily basis and what I can get my hands on on a daily basis. I think in the last episode you guys did on March Madness or maybe two ago, there was discussion about, being shocked that certain bourbons overtook others. But I think people are voting from what they like and what they taste and what they get to know, because most people that are probably voting have not had all 64. And so when they're voting, they don't know if uh, Pappy Van Winkle 23 year is really good. I've been told it's good, but I've also been told it's really like gnawing on a piece of wood. So I looked at it from my perspective of what I like. I voted that way. And honestly, it made me kind of happy to see some of the big boys go down.
2: Yeah, the one that I thought was going to win the whole thing was going to be the Pappy 15, and it's still in the field. Um, But the one that there's two 15 seeds that we had, 15 seeds are still left in the field in the lead eight and they very well may make it through. I doubt that the Four Roses single barrel will make it through, but I have a feeling that the 055 will make it through to the final four. Um, it's kind of nice to see those some of those ones, bigger ones getting knocked out because um, really, like you said, you can go over to Total Wine right now and pick up a bottle of 055. Uh, you can go pick up a bottle of Kentucky Spirit or 1910 or 1920. Those are the ones that I think that people really do like, and that would um, have the ability to knock off some of those. One Baker, um, Maker's Forty Six made a long run in, in there as well.
0: I've got a bottle of the Kegs pick of <laughs> Maker's Forty Six, but I haven't cracked it open, so I'm gonna have to wait until I try some of those to see what my opinion of Maker's Forty Six is. And I've is that never, that Breaking Bad one, Josh? It it is. You know me, I'm oh. taterific, and so when somebody slaps a sticker on the back of it, I got to go grab one.
1: Yeah, no, I will tell you with that bottle especially, it, it, it's very, very reminiscent because, you know, Makers is a weeder anyway. It's very, very reminiscent of, like, a, a Weller-type product. Um, it does not taste as hot to me as as OWA, um, and, but, it, but it's definitely uh, more sophisticated than what
0: I would consider, you know, the Special Reserve or one of the others i just i can't go back to makers very much and it's one of those things it's like drinking jack you know you're thinking jack and coke and i always think of makers and coke or something so for me, it's it's just not there with jack daniels and it's not there with makers mark for me but that's yeah. just me
1: i'll just say i don't disagree i i you know like i told you for the longest time i just i just avoided wild turkey just in general because it was one of those things that, you know, I, I thought of it as being a cheaper whiskey. And then the more I've drank it, you know, the more I'm like, dang, man, I really I, I've been I, I've been missing out on some of this stuff for a long time. So it's good.
2: See, I think the two the two uh, distilleries that people kind of sleep on for whatever reason um, with a lot of their products because they thought they, they've always been kind of labeled as maybe a cheaper product is, is uh, Wild Turkey and Heaven Hill. And both of them are doing some really great things and making some really great products.
1: Yeah. No. I'm a, Heaven I'm Hill makes a lot girl. of really
2: good stuff. <clears throat> I love some turkey too. I've been drinking a lot of it lately. So So Scott, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, round this out. This uh, was Just like I said, it was a quicker episode. Um, our next one will probably be um remote as well uh when we review um the final going into the final four right. in the championship bra- in the bracket right. seeing if old 055 did make it on through so i'll go ahead and let you turn it over to you to go ahead and get us out of here
1: good deal good deal so hey if you're looking to speak with anybody from bourbon barrel talk you can email us at bourbon talk at gmail.com you can also dm us on facebook um, you can look us up on instagram or twitter um, I think our Twitter handle is Bourbon Barrel Tea. Um, so look us up, hit us up, tell us what you want, tell us what you like. Um, we really, really appreciate the fans and the people that have been listening. Um, you know, share our stuff, you know, do us a favor. So if, you, if you're if you enjoying what you're listening to, share it with your friends, your family members, and let them know, you know, hey, you're going to get a consistent product out of these guys because we, we really, really love bourbon. We love talking it, and, uh, you know, this is us signing off. Scott, Josh, and Toby. Thanks again. I'm Rick James.